0: got a message for you and you're not going to like it. You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast and tonight we're talking about John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. You no trouble. Me, Supreme Being.
1: You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute Sound off like you got a pair. Yes, yes. I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit, all your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.
2: The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportions.
1: What do you mean? Biblical. What do you mean this Old Testament, Mayor? Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness. Earthquakes, volcanoes. The sea rising from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. We are your host. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Mike Griggs. Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? I almost said Jared Callen. Uh, <laughs> I'm so used to things. Uh We are sans Callen tonight. That's right. He's, he's with us in spirit, man. Uh, we also have costume designer Kristen Jones. Hi, Brian. How are you? Oh, guys, I'm so excited. I am thrilled to talk this insane, crazy, demonic, anti particle movie with you guys.
0: This uh, this movie was was highly intriguing and freaked me the fuck out. It's it, I got I got to be honest, like right up top, it took me about three hours to watch it because I kept stopping and like finding other things that I just for some reason needed to do. And about so you the hated fourth, it. Well, no, about <laughs> the fourth time through, I was like, why do I keep like pausing and like procrastinating. I'm like, oh, I'm scared as fuck right now. And I was watching it at like 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so there was no reason besides just how absurdly creepy the movie is. Just quick open the
1: blinds, man. You're, you'll be fine. It's daylight. <laughs> Everybody knows the
0: monsters don't
1: come out in the daytime.
0: Look outside. There's sunshine. It's a nice day. Take a walk.
1: Well, Kristen, but, but, but did, you, did this get under your skin?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
2: <laughs> actually, actually, I was really surprised that it didn't get under my skin because normally I don't like horror movies. They creep me out, and this one, I, I just, I just, there were so much about it that I really liked, but I didn't really find it scary at all. Though
0: no. I, I have, to, I think I I bought the concept so like immediately that, and and there was just like like the shots of like the fire ants that are super creepy and like every like all the the little there's so many like creepy crawling critters in this yeah worms just, beetles yeah yeah <laughs> man i was like putting my hand up like i'm still watching the movie but i don't need to see that in my i don't i'm such a i'm such a freaking pansy when it comes uh, well, to horror I, movies like this man
2: i mean hold on i'm not saying i enjoyed like watching bugs like that's not what i'm saying
0: <laughs> what what you, you don't you got a problem with the uh, national geographic channel or something uh, discovery channel <laughs> I mean, when they're when they're crawling out of people's, like, sleeves and stuff like that, and, I don't know, it, it gets me, man. <laughs> Their heads fall off. <laughs> yeah. Hello. The, the Hello? head just rolls backwards and becomes <laughs> bugs. I was like, that is, that is really freaking well done. Holy shit. Blah.
1: Like when his hand falls off and the bugs fall out. It was yep. like, wait, so was he, like, all split apart and the bugs were holding him together? Or did the bugs crawl inside of him and they were eating him? I'm a little
0: confused by this. but see, these these are things I, I prefer not to break you down. Know,
2: I think that the, the bugs chewed it off, honestly, because it doesn't make sense that they would be strong enough to hold them together and then just, like, not be strong enough to hold but them they're together. they're demonic <laughs> bugs. Right. So that's why I'm saying they're eating him, probably. Like, oh, they that's probably fair. chewed okay, it off. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: They From would... the inside
1: out. Yeah. They would probably be, you know, th- their strength would probably be more of, like, you know, like eating versus super strength, you know? It's more of like a superman (laughs) power. Yeah, they're not forming like
0: a bug chain to keep it
2: You know, no, but like if we're talking like ants, because there were like ants in a couple of the scenes, like they could definitely be strong enough to do that. But like, would they? Probably not. Like, I feel like they have better things to do with their time. So I think the eating would be like that would be a better use of time is eating instead of just like carrying a hand around to make it look like it's attached.
0: (laughs) It's not actually a person. It's a lot of bugs in a trench coat.
2: Right. Like, what's the purpose here? Right. Like, if it were me, I would be hungry. So, like, no, I'm not not buying it.
1: Again, damn bugs wearing fucking egger suits, man.
0: (laughs) Sugar and water. If
1: John Carpenter was trying to tell us anything, it was (laughs) be careful of bugs.
0: (laughs) They are all evil. Man, there was a lot to love about all the setup in this. Like, the as soon as they went like oh this is this is what the the um fuck i watched it five days ago so i'm forgetting all the lines now but um the professor in the beginning giving his whole uh lecture was a really great way to set the tone and and the mood for the whole thing and i was i was just bought in from from that whole scene
1: yeah i I like the idea of like taking like uh I don't know, like pseudoscience, like, uh, you know, we're going to take a little quantum theory here, a little bit of physics here. We're just going to throw it together with religion. We're going to make a horror movie. And um, I don't know. I I, I like that. Like, they didn't throw anything out from, like, any religious aspects, you know, but they just – they made it all fit together with science. And I don't know. That kind of makes it a little creepier.
0: Yeah. Well, that's – like, this is – this kind of, like, pseudoscience, like – oh, it's the unexplained parts of things that we're still trying to figure out. Like, this is my shit in in many kinds of movies. And um, I also just recently watched the whole um, His Dark Materials series on on HBO. And it's it's the same, it's not horror, but it's the same concepts of like, oh, there's some of these things and we don't entirely have the explanations for it. And yeah, I was just bought in from, from the get-go.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do like it. I mean, some of it is... Some of it's goofy sometimes, but it's like that '80s goofy, that '80s cheese, you know. And yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why, but it it really works for me. And I don't, it is some of these movies, and it, it is '80s cheese because there's like there's certain movies like uh, like Phantasm Two, you know, where you have little dwarf people that look like uh, Jawas running around, and they're supposed to be scary, and it's kind of silly, but it it still works really well. And I mean, there's a lot of like just like the people like spitting fluids out of their mouth in this movies. Oh my God! You know it, it's a little ridiculous. And, <laughs> it looks silly, but at the same time, it's it like, was
0: a lot. That was a lot. Uh, it's still they nasty, all have, like, though. Squirt guns from their freaking throats. <laughs> it's like a like. Did you eat a fire hose? No, you're just becoming part of Satan.
1: Here's my satanic super soaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's still gross though, because you get the saliva like coming out of people's mouths. Uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's a lot of dripping in this movie. There is a lot of fluids.
2: Yeah, and I think that's kind of why it wasn't, like, scary for me is because it was just so gross. Like, I I just really wanted those people to go shower. Like, it was disgusting. <laughs> and that's not scary. Like, it's just you're dirty. Like, stop doing that. Especially, like, with the, at the end. And it's, like, the special effects were so cool. But all the the girl with the stuff all over her face, pockmarks, whatever that was. <laughs> I fucking was like, face. You need to go see a doctor or something. Like it's not scary. Like I see that she's taking her head off and stuff, but like seriously, you need to get that looked at. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> it kind of took me out of it. Like it was really well done. It looked so cool, but also it was not it was not scary.
0: Well that okay, so that was that was the main problem that I also had was the first the first act was fantastic. The second act was building on it and and making it all creepy man the third act was just like off the rails like what the fuck is going on we we had all these all this pseudo science all this interesting build up like you have you have the freaking radio signals from the future and everybody's dreams and then and then it just becomes super soaker satan like what?
2: yeah i think that's kind <laughs> of um i really liked how they tried to merge the science and the religion and then it just kind of veered off into like crazy religion satanic kind of stuff and i was like you kind of lost the balance that you had going on there yeah it
0: seemed like okay i haven't seen the thing yet it is high on my list because of all these john carpenter movies are so well done and that is widely regarded as his best film it's pretty amazing it this seemed like okay you guys we we did a really cool movie and nobody came to see it so we're gonna do another version of it but we're gonna make it more science religion Am, am I totally off base on that? That's just based on what I know about the thing, with like the whole switching bodies, and you don't know who the who the creature is or whatever. Like it seemed like he was just kind of recycling that idea because I, it, I don't know.
2: Wasn't uh, it part of a trilogy?
0: What this movie?
2: Yeah, like this is like the thing, and then this movie, and then there's like a
1: third one. It's part of John Carpenter's like unofficial trilogy. He calls it his apocalypse trilogy. It started with yeah. The Thing. This is the middle entry, and uh, In the Mouth of Madness is the the final chapter. Mm, um, okay. But it's just it's movies where uh, at the end, like the the world ends. Spoilers for The Thing. Thanks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, uh, the thing kind of, uh, you know, they, I guess that's another similarity um, outside of they're, they're both kind of siege films that, that movies uh, in Antarctica, you know, with a bunch of characters and right. uh, held up inside an Antarctic base with a blizzard going on outside. This is inside with church with homeless people, you know, um, yeah. Carpenter reused that again on Assault and Precinct 13, where it was like a gang attacking people inside a a, a rundown pli- uh pre- ah, police precinct. Don't say that too many times fast. Um so, I mean, th- these are ideas that he plays with uh at the end of this movie though is it is kind of inconclusive where it's like, ooh, it did this in bad or did it in good? Who won? I don't know you you are kind of left scratching your head a little bit. um that's very similar well, to the thing
0: uh, so i I like the actual like the resolution of the ending, like like you know the the destruction of of the creature. And you finally see the whole dream that they had been building up to the entire time. Like, the last five minutes of the film, I thought, was actually a really satisfyingly unknowable ending. And I really, really enjoyed the the, the siege mentality or whatever. You call it. Like, the fact that they were like, okay, we don't necessarily have a ton of budget. We can do about three locations. So, let's make, you know, <laughs> five, six of the movie in one freaking place. Like, cool. Like, I'm totally into that. Uh, it, it just... it. I don't know, there there was so much... There's so much intriguing concepts with talking about the quantum physics and talking about, like, oh, here's this creature that's thousands of years old but possibly millions of years old because the chick is carbon dating the thing and she's... what she say? It's, like, 300,000 years old or something like that? Or uh, The
1: carbon dating was, like, uh, 7 million and it was Seven, buried yeah. for <laughs> 2,000. Just
0: craziness. So, like, there's just... There's so many really interesting things happening. I don't know, like, it... I, I was a little underwhelmed that it became like a oh okay all these crazy smart people that are are as good as PhDs they just don't have their doctorate finished yet they're just going to all go off by themselves and one by one become like it it then became like a typical or what I understand to be a typical horror film like it it felt like it was tropes happening am I wrong in that is this like the first movie that everything else has made into the cliche?
1: No, no. This is like leaning very hard on like uh, Italian horror films uh, from the uh, the late seventies and eighties. Uh, especially like Dario Agenda. Like they even use it like mm-hmm. uh, like in this film versus uh, some of the other Carpenter movies we watched. Uh, he uses color. There's a lot of green yeah. in the backgrounds, and he'll they'll yep. throw some red every now and again. Um, I don't know exactly why he picked green for the devil goo
0: color. <laughs> the cucumber in a blender.
1: Yeah, and he he does use that as like his light theme throughout the film. Um and he'll he'll put people in like splashes of green every now and again. I don't I don't really know well, the idea behind it.
2: I mean, green is like in terms of like religion and stuff isn't green like the color of like um like jealousy and greed and I think lust could even qualify as green.
0: Yeah, oftentimes that is.
2: Yeah, I yeah. can see
1: that.
0: I I, I guess just with religion I
1: always think of like uh, just green, I always think of like the you know, the Garden of Eden or something. You know, I just think of growth and
2: Yeah, and what happened there. <laughs> all right, so she...
1: <laughs> No, it it wasn't me, alright? It was her, okay? She gave me the fucking apple, all <laughs> right? Guy <God. laughs> I mean that literally. I mean, what do you want me to do with it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, um but yeah, I I I I don't know. The the zombie thing at the end is I don't. I don't. I don't think I have a problem really with the zombies and them turning tropey. I think it's the problem with the, the characters in when, when you think the climax is getting ready to start, they get locked up in these closets and in this room, and they wait a whole day there, and nothing fucking happens. Yeah, and it it, it does slow the pace down yeah. and the
0: tension just it a was, little. Bit. I, it was like literally a day, like it, where she's the only reference to time is. How how long is it gonna take to get through that wall? Oh, it's gonna take several hours. I'm like, you, what? It it looks like it's a normal fucking wall, and you have like a stick with a piece of metal on it. How long is it gonna take? And then like ten minutes later, they cut back and oh, there's fucking bricks. So of course it's gonna take it. You didn't know there were bricks in between that wall. How did you know it's gonna be several hours? And then all of a sudden it's daylight outside, and then all of a sudden later it's dark again. Like wow, it, that was an entire fucking day, and they just sat there. Cool. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, what what are you going to give characters to do when they're trapped inside a room for fucking 24 hours?
2: To be fair, I i don't really think that, there's not really much, like, dialogue or character development in this. So, it makes sense no. that they just cut to the there's outside and There's an entire then love then story
0: that blossoms from a cup of coffee. <laughs> it goes from a cup of coffee to the morning after. She... He asked her, "Do you want another cup of coffee?" She's like, "Sure." And then of course they're going to cut to they're finished with the next day. And then later they hug a lot, okay? That is a love story.
2: Uh, I mean, I <laughs> guess if you define love like that, sure. Yeah, no, we have one of those no. in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that whole thing, man, like it was like, "What is going on here?" Like, you heavy-handed flirting and then just awkward like, "All right, we're going to be and an apartment, and he's gonna bring her whatever, and she's gonna freak the fuck out.
1: It's that goddamn mustache,
0: man. Dude, that mustache was so much.
2: <laughs> it was a great mustache, right? Oh god, it was so thick too. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah.
0: It's like a lipstick guy with a mustache.
2: On the contrary, <laughs> I think that's the only reason he got anything in I, the entire I have to movie. Agree with that. Because of the mustache. Oh, I've seen
1: this guy before. I swear to God, it blew my mind. Uh, this is the dude for—he's uh, the young guy from Simon and Simon. He doesn't have the mustache. That's why I was—I was like, oh my god, I've—I've I've actually seen this dude before, but it—it it was without a mustache. And I, of course, I—I'm not going to put that together. Like the fucking mustache makes the man <laughs> here.
2: But he was a student, right? Because he was walking around like such a douchebag. But I think it was the mustache because, like, he was just a student, and that's like, why is he like? Didn't he at one point go up to the girl and was like, "Oh, I was hoping I could like teach you something." And it's like you're in her class with her. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a very uh, bro, uh, uh yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a bold sense of humor where he just comes out and he's he's like, "Oh yeah, I forget what the the line is something." Or yeah, he says like, "Oh yeah, why don't." We would to get more good-looking people like you and I into the building. And she's like, oh, that's a sexist comment. And he's like, confirmed sexist and proud of it. Oh my God. And then she, like, looks all pissed. And he's like, oh, oh, what? I'm only joking. Calm down, please. I'm like, dude, you just met this woman and you're, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the second date throughout the sexist jokes? Just say it. Or maybe never. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to judge.
2: I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie. If you're going to like go out that quickly with the sexist jokes and with the mustache, you need to double down when she gets pissed. Like, don't back <laughs> off like that. I was very disappointed.
0: <laughs> Lean into the douchebag persona? Is this what I'm hearing from you?
2: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Own it. Own it.
0: It's like, what the fuck? Why, why are you not
1: laughing at my joke? What the fuck's wrong with you? you broken. <laughs>
2: I would have enjoyed that a lot more. If he had had that throughout the whole movie, I think I would have enjoyed this a lot more. As it is, I just don't trust him, and I find him suspicious the whole time.
1: He does come off a little creepy with that, that mustache walking around that college campus. But it was, It's because that, the, the, fucking, uh, the opening credit sequence of this movie is so effing long. The only one. It really is. It really is. It it makes him look a little creepier because you keep cutting back, and it's just like, bro, are you stalking her? How much time has passed? (laughs) What is going on?
0: I I actually, I I like the 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 whole title sequence. Like, it was it was a really interesting like cross cutting between all the things, and cutting to black, and doing more titles, and but it did go on a little bit too long.
2: (laughs) It was long, but I did like it yeah i
1: i i do do like it i I I
2: thought it oh sorry no go ahead i was gonna say i thought it set the mood really really well um the only again there was like not very much dialogue and so like i can deal with that for the opening credits when you have like a nearly two hour movie with like very little dialogue it's not that i get bored even though i'm a little bored but it's that i'm usually like doing something like i'm like knitting or or something with my hands and so if you're not talking then i have to stop and stare at the television the whole time to see what's going on and i just get irritated
0: <laughs> oh it's almost like john carpenter is a visual director in a visual look, medium that's that you, know
2: you know what you know what look look we don't make silent movies anymore for a reason so you can like lean away from that sometimes
0: that's fair we could, we could yeah.
2: <laughs> People can talk sometimes. It's I okay.
1: I, I don't think anybody's leaning into silent films these days. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I don't know. You know, the, the, how old's the artist? You know, that was a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, three or four. Well, whatever. Uh, sp- speaking of those moments, though, uh, where you're not, where you're seeing the characters speak, but you're not actually hearing their dialogue. Uh, that is a motif he kind of kept throughout the entire film um, that I, that I liked. There are some times where you'll get like wide shots. Um, I think it's, it's the bug guy when, um, he's getting ready to leave. Yeah. Like his wide shot, you see him and there's no dialogue, but then we cut in and then we hear it. That actually
0: really bothered me. Oh, really? I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, no, because when they cut in, like that was the part of the conversation that it's, it sounded like they should have been having while it was the wide shot and the first, like, I don't know, four or five lines. They didn't need to, it, it felt like they were like, they, they shot it super wide And then they shot it moderately close and they just used the first shot and just to make the scene longer. Like had we heard like the first four or five lines over the wide shot and then cut into like the medium-ish close-up, that felt like it would have made more sense to me. The fact that we didn't hear anything for like 10 seconds or whatever, it was a long shot. Yeah, it is And then wild. cut in, and we heard, like, the beginning of the conversation. Like, I was just like, wait, well, that was pointless. Like, why didn't you just put that dialogue underneath the other shot, and then cut later when, like, we, you just made that longer for no reason. Like, what the hell?
1: I don't know. It's got, it's got a little style to
0: it, a little rhythm,
1: you know? It's a little pacey to me pace. I don't
0: know. Yeah, but that first that first line was like, so now that we're out here having this conversation, it was like, <laughs> the fuck? You just, we we saw you for, like, 15 seconds. What the hell were you talking about before this?
2: It's a secret. <laughs> You don't need to know. I was asking him <laughs> if he
1: also packed clean roos because I did not
2: see anything. Did not realize
1: this was here. a
0: extended weekend stay.
1: Yeah, I didn't even see like, a, was there a bathroom in this fucking
0: place? I mean, you there might don't have been. There was no bathroom.
2: No, when you're when you're fighting the devil, you don't need to go to the bathroom. Every time I have fought the devil hat.
0: for an extended period of time, I have not used the see?
2: restroom. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay. Make sure you go before fighting evil.
0: All right. All right. Okay. All right. I think somebody was going to go, but then they saw all the homeless people outside just standing there.
2: Oh, so also it took me a while to realize that those were homeless people. I thought they were just like skateboarders at all all the, the college.
0: They definitely had a look that these days is far more close to a skateboarding kind of crew than like a vagrant's.
2: Yeah, I thought that was. Once I realized they were homeless, I was like, "Wow, they look pretty good."
0: (laughs) Uh, Apparently, Alice Cooper was one of the homeless people. I saw that. He's the one with the uh, the white face
1: that stabs the like uh... the
0: severely white face. Yeah, oh,
1: you know, he stands out.
0: Yeah, oh, he definitely stands out. (laughs) It's like,
1: what's up with this one pale guy? Yeah, (laughs) why is he more pale than everyone else? He's the leader. (laughs) He's the one who will murder people later. These homeless people, you know, they have a hierarchy like uh, gremlins. You know, if you got the white fuzz on top (laughs) or something,
0: you know, it's like, oh,
1: that's the leader. We gotta follow that
0: guy. Oh, ridiculous! Has he he moved yet? No, he's still standing there. All right, cool. (laughs) I guess we can stand here longer. I have to pee, though. It's fine. It's fine. We're fighting Satan.
1: Uh, Like everybody inside the church is totally
0: like, oh yeah, yeah. It's just.
1: Just homeless people just gathering in large crowds outside. <laughs> Nothing to worry about.
2: Well, I mean it's in LA, so that happens. It's a thing. <laughs>
1: it's just, just stand there and watch you like, oh, what are they doing in there? I don't know.
2: It's a combination of the massive homelessness and the drugs. It's it's just out oh, it of works.
1: Those homeless people, we gotta be careful. They're close to the devil.
0: Yeah, well, apparently that's a bit strong.
2: Hold on, let's not be. Offensive. I don't know. That,
0: that was I'm kind just, of the implication that, that was uh, that was not explained or discussed at all. Like I expected at least one like like piece of dialogue that was like, "Oh yeah, no, they're blah 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 blah." No, nothing. No, we see ants moving. We see bugs moving. We see like animals and stuff freaking the fuck out. And then all of a sudden, the homeless population is like, "We're just gonna stare at this church." For days on end without moving.
1: No explanation. No, there's uh Victor wong has got like some really terribly offensive line in it where he's like, oh yeah, well obviously the Prince of Darkness is able to control lower life forms and simple organisms, (laughs) (laughs)
0: like homeless people. Oh, that was that was that was cringy for sure. I thought it was hysterical, man. I couldn't stop laughing. Holy shit. Lower life forms, Victor Wong don't give a fuck. <laughs> He's got that one half closed eye, like, Listen, they're dumb, okay?
1: Oh man, so terrible. We at breakpoint here, guys.
0: Uh, unless you want to transition to talking about the cinematography of one Gary B. Kibb. Oh, we can talk about the cinematography. He, uh, he has a recurring theme with Mr. Carpenter. They have worked together many times. This is the first and time. This was the first one, okay? Yeah, That's yeah. Fun. the That's first fun. Uh, DP one. He
1: had worked. Uh, he he was a camera op on Big Trouble in Little China and uh, something else.
0: Uh, it was um, um, in the Mouth of Madness. He was the DP on as well.
1: I think he he shot. Uh, I think almost all of Carpenter's stuff after this, except for Memoirs of Invisible Man. I, once Carpenter gets a cinematographer and they got a working relationship, they they just collaborate. <laughs> That's his thing. He's like, "You're yeah, my guy."
0: Yeah. What I mean that that's kind of the dream, right? Find if if you're a cinematographer, find a director that you enjoy working with, and like, hey, you're making cool shit. Can I make cool shit with you? Great, let's do it.
1: Well, he had such a great. Uh, I, mean, I love like all this stuff with uh, Dean Cundy, man. Like uh, fucking Halloween and The Thing and uh, Escape from New York. I they did so much great work together. Um, but of course, you know, Dean Con- Dean Cundey went on to do like uh, back the not Back to the Future, but uh, what was it? Back to the Future. Was that the Zemeckis movie he started working on? I know he did. Uh, he got in there with uh, Steven Spielberg and did Hook and Jurassic Park oh, and all yeah. that stuff. Doing all that high key HMI special effects lighting that they did back in the 80s and early 90s. I like how this movie looks. I mean, for like $3 million, this thing looks way more expensive.
0: I, yeah, I, I feel like they. they they took their money and they were like, instead of trying to get a bunch of locations, like let's just make everything look really good in these tiny little spots that we have. And and I, I feel like it paid off. Like in terms of, uh, that's one of the reasons why I I buy the siege in the church thing is because they just they 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 put it all into their location and they made it all look really good. Like even the first time when the um, when the professors walking down into the into the the catacombs or whatever in their show and he's like all right look here here's the thing that we haven't seen that nobody ever knew about like that first shot when you when you see like the prince of darkness in the swirling whatever it is and there's like five million candles down here like did this guy just come down every day to light candles or did he actually do something else while he was down here
2: hold hold on he was probably like 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 you light a candle when you light say a prayer so like it kind of makes sense from a religious point of view and it also looks really cool
0: Well, that's an interesting implication that I can actually appreciate. It looked really cool, but the idea that he might be lighting a candle every time he's saying a prayer, and he was down there every day and only left the church once a week to buy food, and that's his entire job. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of fun. The
1: candles look cool. I don't
0: care. If they make sense or not, they look fucking.
1: Do you see how they looked out of focus in the background? That they were flickering. It's, oh, they were out of focus. They looked. Oh, it looked so
0: sexy back there.
2: Oh
1: my gosh, I was sitting there every background. I was like, this looks great.
0: Oh my god, it looks so good. Candles and specular highlights. That is my friggin' jam. <sighs> I'm telling you, man. Yes. With all
1: those crosses yes. on the wall again, crosses not not drawn with crayon this
0: time, but actual crosses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even like the introduction to the church, like like that that first. Like it was just a single shot, and you see the car drive up and then it pans over, and like he walks in, and even like the pan like it's just just framed so perfectly and the um with the the fence out there that like it's in between the two fence lines is where the door is, and everything i 'm like man this is this is just everything is composed really really well I dig it
1: it's got one of my favorite close ups too of all time, man. I love when the old lady goes and stabs the the beetle guy. She's got the shears, and then they have 15
0: shots of the shears in the air. Oh
1: my god, dude! It looks so fucking badass. (laughs) Oh, it's so fucking cool. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. Every time she stabbed him again, I was like, "Can we just see the shears again?" There it is. Stab. Shears again. Stab. Shears again. So cool, man. You just you don't you don't see somebody you know with shears up in their air, just running
1: (laughs) with them like that. You just oh, it looks so cool. God damn. And that's just the, I mean, literally somebody holding shears with a, with a fucking truck, <laughs> right, with a background of bricks just rolling by camera with their hand just like, ooh, I'm, I'm moving it up and down. See, I'm running. Ooh, that's all that shot was. And it looks fucking great. Oh, my God. This low-budget shit is fucking
0: sexy as hell, man. I'm telling you. One light in the background so you can kind of see the air a little bit, a little bit of smoke. Put some shears up. Fuck yes. Let's do
1: it. Oh. John Carver is my Way boy. Way to go, Mr. King. Wait. Kimball, whatever. We, we could go either way. It doesn't matter. We can give we can give props to the cinematographer and director. They're they're both they're both fantastic. It is a
0: collaboration. They were probably like, yeah, you know, look call- cool, shears, and he's like, you know how I could do that? <laughs> Just the shears. Production designer was probably, like, you know, it looked really good if we have some brick going
1: by in the background, huh? Really sell that <laughs> movement, <laughs> guys. Now we're fucking cooking with gas.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's it. That's it. And on that note, guys, I think we're going to take a break. (laughs) We're going to play the trailer for Prince of Darkness. We'll be back.
2: Anyone in close proximity has the same dream. What is it? A secret that can no longer be kept. It started a month ago. What started? A change in the earth and the sky. His power.
1: There's a weird locking mechanism. Looks like it can only be open from the inside. A life... is growing out of prebiotic fluid. It's not winding down into disorder. It's self-organizing. It's becoming something. What... We're back. That was a trailer for John Carpenter's *Prince of Darkness*.
0: That was a bizarre trailer, guys.
2: It was way more exciting than the movie.
0: It gave all the best moments, including the shears. It the gave shears. away the
2: fucking end of the movie and, and how then the, movie the whole
0: fucking ends. ending. Oh my god! Complete with like the axe throwing and the freaking like the final shots of the movie. Like what the hell? That was this is why don't watch trailers, man. Watch the trailer after you've seen the movie, and it's like a review from the filmmaker. <laughs>
2: This is is the part we think you need to see. Well hold on, no, that's not fair. The filmmaker doesn't usually get to make the trailer. That's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's usually the the studios, right? Yeah, the
0: studios (laughs) like, hey, we're gonna pay a totally different production company to interpret what your movie what we think what they think that we think that you should think your movie is about. That's so confusing. I'm lost. (laughs) What what is that? But the point is that you know that we know that you know we know.
1: I, I remember seeing this trailer when I was a, a kid because it was it was it was actually on the uh, the VHS for They Live. It was uh, oh, nice. Yeah, it was the, the it was actually a trailer. It was after the movie, um, as supposed to be in a preview on the VHS tape. And I, I man, this was the last Carpenter film I saw that was from the eighties. Um, I I man, it took me a while to find this one. I mean, now you know it's on Blu-ray. Scream Factory. Fuck, it's out in four K now. Um, you can get it anywhere. But I I just I remember like. Oh, always like thinking about like the imagery in, in the film so I, I don't know i guess the trailer works in that regards like you know you got all the mirror imagery and all the cool shots the sheer shot like you said and so i don't know I, i'm going back and forth on it but I, yeah man like you watch that trailer it's like they fucking that's the whole fucking end of the movie they show the shot where it's like the demon's like hey i'm trying to create a portal and she gets pushed in and you see her on the other side and the fucking axe gets thrown at the window breaking it's like god damn
0: yeah, someone was like trying to make the trailer, and we're like, you know what part looks cool? The end. <laughs> They're not wrong.
2: To be fair, I think someone was just like, "Well, there's no dialogue and there's no interesting characters, so what else can we?" That's put not in true. There? We
0: have entire <laughs> shots of people drooling. Okay,
2: they have that and, in there too. That's and also they have in green the lights on
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> the drool is so fucking gross, man. I think that's the <laughs> grossest goddamn thing
1: in this movie. Just, oh, oh. They're just like, huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Zombie drool. And that, that, that Lisa girl who's like been typing the, all the uh, I don't know whatever the old scripture is into the computer. <laughs> when that girl gets on top of her, she's like, uh, no, I'm. Oh my
0: god, not interested yeah. into ladies. That's, Sorry. And it that is like, not oh. how I swing. It's like, okay, here, let me vomit into your mouth. Is that okay? I'm going to feed you like a that baby is, bird. That is a whole new side of, of... I can't even make the joke. God damn it. It's so gross. <laughs> yeah, that's like a two girls, one cup kind of level. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sorry, I went there. It's not that bad, Mike. No? <laughs> Do not Google that.
1: But, you know, maybe we could remake uh, Prince of Darkness... Uh Instead of the fluid coming out of their mouth, how about oh no no, no, stop, stop 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 don't It do- sounds like a south Park <laughs> Take on it. We need to talk about the uh the budget here being three million. Uh, we do have to talk real quick about the uh the box office earnings here. Um,
0: cause this yeah, is did the- he actually
1: make money? uh he did um, but it, we only have domestic numbers, but that made fourteen
0: point two million okay. That's really wow, that's, that's probably one of the best ratios that I've heard yet so far from Mr. Carpenter. Debuted at number three
1: before Halloween weekend. Number one was Fatal Attraction at the box office in the time.
0: Well, I mean, obviously.
1: Much better uh, thriller film. But um, anyway, um, no, I don't know. That's not true. I don't know. Mm, I take that back. Anyway, I mean, Carpenter just never had a like a really big giant hit. It's kind of a
0: shame. Yeah, he... he... I mean is is that kind of the interesting thing about him though like as a director I'm I'm not saying that like to be I'm actually asking like is is he one of those indie directors that always makes like really really solid films that that just aren't they're either ahead of their time or they're not widely received until they become a cult following later like is that just his jam <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like with the exception of Halloween
1: yeah
2: well my experience with John Carpenter has been the three movies we've watched thus far. So I've been very qualified to speak on this. And I would say, (laughs) I would say it's uh, the fact that he has a very unique style. It's like, it's, it's, he is very visual and that it's not what the standard is. And so uh, I think a lot of audiences kind of shy away from someone who has a, a specific point of view, which he does. In addition to that, he has these horror films that aren't quite traditional horror films. They're really weird. And I say that as someone who likes weird stuff, like they're out there and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that I think that's why he's never really gained such a large following And until later, until there's a cult following, until you get more people who eventually watch it. Um, it's not that he's necessarily bad. He's just not mainstream. I, I can
0: see that. Yeah, I can totally see that. I have to wonder how that feels as a creative as as the artist like as the man himself like who he's he's had a great career he's made like a lot of films, but a lot of them have been regarded as you know b movies or like oh that's just a cult flick or you know like he's since he's he's never quite hit the mainstream, but he's still making fucking movies isn't he when's the last movie that he made oh uh, that was a
1: while ago um the last Actual movie that no, wasn't made for TV. Okay. Yeah, it was like The <laughs> Ward and. Uh, oh, oh and that was a while ago. Okay, it's like two thousand nine or something like that. Yeah. there, it, it was a, it was a long time ago, and he did like uh, two uh, made for TV movies: "Cigarette Burns" and "Proof of Life" for that Master of Horror's TV show. That I think was on Showtime. I don't know. I don't have Showtime, so I just bought them like a normal person. <laughs> Fucking who has Showtime? Pay
0: for your art, people. <laughs> Everybody has HBO. Nobody fucking fucks with Showtime. Am I right? Come on, you guys. You guys ever had Showtime? We no, never had Showtime.
2: Well, that's because it's just not as good. I mean, <laughs> there's I've, a reason. I've had, I've had
0: Showtime once when right. I paid for HBO, and it came with HBO. That's the only time.
2: I would watch Showtime when it when they would do like their free like monthly <laughs> thing. <laughs> but I would never. No, I've never subscribed to it.
1: <sighs> yeah, me neither. The only time I ever even wanted Showtime was when Terminator Two was on, and uh, you know I, w- I wasn't bringing in income, so I didn't I didn't get a lot of uh, say in uh, what my parents uh, were <laughs> buying in the premium channels at that point in my life. So you know, it didn't happen like a lot of things.
0: What are you so thinking do? of things not happening? Mr. Carpenter has made a career out of making movies that have just now made a lot of money.
2: But that's I think I, that's yeah. very inspiring because you don't have to be this mainstream person like you can make weird movies that no one watches and no one really likes until years later and you can do it and make money at it and that's yes. your job yes
1: <laughs> well this is one of the one times like he he took that lower three million dollar budget um i forget what the company was i think it was a live films they did this and he they also did uh, they lived with him and it was i mean he, he was used to working with budgets of 10 million or you know above and he agreed that, you know, it's like, okay, I'll come in and, and make a $3 million picture for you, but I get to say whatever I want, whatever goes on screen, I get full creative control. I don't want any bullshit. Uh, and he actually wrote this movie. I know it's built under, like, a Martin
0: Quartermass or something like that, but he was a yeah, writer. Yeah, like a very strange, fun pen name. it's It's delightful.
2: Well, it was paying Amish to something else that I didn't see, so it didn't make any sense to me. But there was something. What was the reason behind they're, it?
0: They're from those
1: old, uh, they're old like old sci-fi, uh, Hammer movies, uh, which was a big production studio that did like sci-fi and horror movies in Britain in the uh, the fifties and sixties. Uh, I guess they they stopped making films around the seventies, but they did all the Peter Cushion Dracula, Van Helsing oh, yeah. movies um, with Christopher Lee and stuff like that. And they did this one. It was. Uh, I haven't seen all of the quarter mass movies, but um, I saw uh, quarter mass in the pit and that's a, that's a crazy ass movie too. It's kind of like this, but it's like they're excavating underneath uh, some train station, rebuilding like some subway and they find like a fucking flying saucer and it, <laughs> it turns out that the flying saucer is like giving off, like it, it's making people go crazy, you know, and, and giving them hallucinations yes, and stuff. Do. Yeah. And then it turns out that like, Oh, this was the, this was the genocide, uh, the, not the genocide, but the beginning of all life on earth is, you know, this spaceship landing on earth.
0: Fascinating.
1: From, I, what are they? Mars? I don't know. I don't know if they're Martians or not, but
0: whatever. They're aliens from outer space.
1: But you can see why he'd want to use that though for this film.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's such an inspiring figure as, as a filmmaker, as an artist, as a creative, um, I, I, I heard of uh, um, this guy named Ryan Polly did a, a small interview with John Carpenter and, and he was saying to another friend of his, he asked, so Ryan Polly asked him, uh, what, what, what are some of the things that make filmmaking fun for him? What was his favorite project to shoot? And his answer was Halloween because it was me and my friends making a movie and that's the best thing you could ever do in this industry. And man, that's just that's the kind of shit that like I fucking love about John Carpenter. And I feel like it comes through because it like it it really does. It feels like it feels like a like a a bunch of friends that are like, hey, you know, be really fun. Let's go make this thing. And then they somehow manage to convince someone to give them three million dollars to make this thing. And then they go and make this fucking cool thing. I would love to make a movie that has the production value of this for three million dollars. It may be
1: hard though, man. Like, I mean, just getting all this stuff. And I, what was this shot over like thirty days? Three, three million dollars. And I mean, like, dude, it's yeah, it's not a huge cast. Like, I mean, well, you're not paying uh, like a lot of money for the a lot of talent here. I guess Donald Pleasants, but outside of that, I mean, Victor Wong, you may be paying him a little extra, but you got TV actors and stuff in here. So, like, where where is your money going? I guess you know you get to put it all back into production design and camera equipment. And special effects.
2: Yeah, I think that's where the money went was to the production design and special effects and all of that. It looks yeah, it fantastic. They, they
0: put all their fucking money on screen yeah. in this.
2: as you can tell.
0: They definitely bought lights and then were like, "Hey, we need lights for this scene, so let's just put our fucking film lights <laughs> into the scene." Oh yeah, they Man, did that. Del- uh, yeah, the yeah the basement. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna light the basement and we're like they literally are kicking on HMI lights and just <laughs> so good. Feel we like the candles aren't enough. <laughs> we need something blue in here.
1: You know it. Uh, yeah, it did look really good though, man. I fuck. Oh, I love that fucking basement set so much, dude. God, it looks so good. Fucking candle lights. Fucking green liquid floating. I mean, and that's a simple shit. Like, all the effects in here is just, like, it's all, like, upside-down photography or reverse photography or both. Yeah. So,
0: oh, man, it's just— It's simple, but it works really, really well. Like, even in the edit, like, every single time that they cut to those, like, close-ups of, like, what's he looking at? Oh, it's this thing with the the slime dripping up under the ceiling. Like, it totally sells, and it's never not believable. I re- I really love it when it's like all rushing into that one chick's
1: fucking eyes and like the <laughs> meatball woman. Oh my god, that's so incredible and disturbing. There's I don't know it's something to, going going into the mouth
0: like at that. That velocity is not so bad, but the yeah. eyes mouth mouth to mouth is that, that's that's a level of intensity coming out of the eyes or going into the eyes. That's a whole nother level.
2: I don't like any of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross.
0: It is very gross and it's very effective. <laughs> For its grossness.
2: No, it takes me out of it. It's so disgusting.
0: The the drooling, the sitting on top of another human and then drooling into them. That was the part where I was like, Ah, oh, come on! Can we just like lean into it and give me the super soaker? Just gonna just gonna stand over top of you and slowly drool. Let my spittle <laughs> go into your mouth.
1: Everyone's having a good time.
0: Ooh.
2: See, that's this is way worse than the bugs. I would take the bugs over that. All right.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'd even I'd even take the worms. I was gonna say even the worms in the window yeah. that are somehow like crawling up the window. That was a really good effect. Like I, I had to I had to give that one to him. Where there's like four worms on the window and then the next wide shot there's like fifty million worms in the fucking window. <laughs> I always hate those like ah <laughs> <laughs> that one dude's reaction though, that he
1: gets his neck snapped, he like looks at it, he's just like, Oh, that's crazy. And <laughs> just leaves the room.
2: <laughs> Oh, oh, the and the, the other thing that took me out of it was that well, kind of the dude who like was singing and then like tried to like decapitate himself. I don't oh. think he did though. And I, oh yeah, like, he like, shoved the
0: fucking wood into his but, neck.
2: Like I was just like, good for you, man. Get out of there! Like what the hell is happening?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's like the black guy always
1: dies first. <laughs> cool. Oh man! When he comes back in that hallway, I would, i don't know oh, what it is with the the bandage and like all the sweat that's coming off his face and that dude. fucking evil laugh. That is, oh,
0: that his me. laugh every single time he does that creepy laugh. I was like, this fucking guy was having a blast on set.
1: Oh yeah, dude. There's like uh, there's
0: like fucking uh, two minutes of the movie where he's just like uh, making faces he's just in the mirror. T- Oh man, I, a, after he killed himself, every single thing that he did after that, I I was totally in for. Yeah, yeah, he he was he was good, man.
1: He was creepy. Why why how did it's that such a
0: delightful get, oh, way, too. Yeah. Cast that guy
1: in like fucking every creepy movie ever. Uh, 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 uh. I can't even do <laughs> that fucking laugh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all deep. Yeah, it was all deep and <laughs> cracky. Oh man, it was so good. I loved all that stuff, man. I, I really like the uh, the actual prop that they built with the, the lava lamp or the secret of the Ooh. ooze container. <laughs> That's what Jared called it. I was, was talking to him about the ooze container. He's like, what, what's up
0: with this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie we watch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's well, just some devil juice. Roger Ebert called it a, a cucumber in a blender, and that, that totally works for me. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, the way it swirls like that. Yeah, I can see it. It is super cool, though, man. I,
1: I, oh man, I like even when they're taking it like upstairs and they have it like on some kind of dolly and they're pushing it through the
0: hallways. Two girls. They're just like, let's just move this entire thing up like four flights of stairs. They wisely cut that scene out. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: She's like, pivot, pivot. They're like, we don't, we don't have the budget to make the container float up the stairs, so. Uh... <laughs> it was downstairs now it's upstairs you saw them start to make the effort you get it it's like the coffee let's get some coffee now they've had sex we get it we understand what happened in between we don't need to see the you know speaking of that
1: there is a really weird moment where i think i think it's when they're they're like they realize that everybody's either left or they're missing and they're going around, right. and they're in the basement, and they're looking uh, for the radiologist and the guy with the broken neck. I, I can't
0: even remember what his character's name was, but they're they're down there, and the Asian guy is like, he's probably getting laid. I hope he's getting laid. If he's not getting laid, man, he should definitely get laid.
1: And then he says, like, he ends it with like, maybe they're getting, maybe they're going to a real good Chinese restaurant. <laughs>
0: yeah. What the fuck does that mean? I
1: did not so get there were, that.
0: There was a whole conversation earlier. That I totally am forgetting now, but it was something about like oh, you got to go to a good Chinese restaurant on a date, but like there's no good Chinese restaurants around here, and then somebody made like a racist comment about the Chinese restaurants i don't know it made sense when I watched it, but that was five days ago i <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed when he said it because it was a callback to a previous thing, and I'm just totally forgetting it. okay, yeah,
1: I must have missed the uh, the first yeah the first joke was it when they were uh they were setting everybody up in the in the church when they're bringing in gear and stuff?
0: Fuck, I don't remember now.
1: Yeah, there's so much going on in that, that scene. I, and then I get distracted by all the fucking shots because they're so cool. Um, you just just fucking following people, setting up equipment. It's so
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like like the one where the, the new guy that's like one of the other professors or whatever from the other school comes in. and He's like, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. Hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. And then he finally goes and meets Mr. Wong who then just walks away and he's like, yeah. Oh, and then alright, I'm just gonna stand here, cool. Yeah, that was fun. Was I love that, scene. man. He's like, Yeah, we were gonna set yeah. you up
1: over here uh
0: anyway. Yeah, and then he turns around and he's like Oh, you're gone. Alright, I'm just gonna steal and they just they just linger on him for just long enough to be like, Yep, you did not see that coming. That was fun. Oh my goodness, man. Man, that whole first the whole, the whole first act is just so delightful. It yeah, it it, it does it, it
1: does start getting a little a little wonky when the people start becoming zombies but it still works I mean I'm still I'm still into the red but it's just yeah it's not as good
0: I think I think some of the zombie parts work as zombie parts <laughs> but but uh, it's it, it feels like almost like two different movies right like you have like the first like two thirds is just so interesting at least for certain the first half it's really intriguing you have all this like promise of we have radio signals from the fucking future in people's dreams we have mirrors that are entirely different dimensions we have you know the prince of darkness has been living for 7 million years in a self-enclosed you know freaking chamber that's locked from the inside but then people spit cool wait what <laughs> it's
1: what it's what uh you know devils do man i don't know i don't i don't i don't have anything for you man anti particles anti gods
0: Talks more about black holes and, and the space between the spaces and things. Like, come on, where did all that go? Well, you see, she got extra liquid, and, and then she needed to.
2: Well, I hold on. Maybe, maybe the reason they kind of did that was because you have. Hold on, this is probably not going to make sense. I've, I'm almost done with my drink. Um, so maybe, maybe like the whole beginning, right, is all about like dreams and the future and like. Uh, all, all of this stuff. And we're all like very intrigued with that because part of what we want to do as humans is sort of escape our reality. But the reality is that we're just animals, right? We're animals in a body and we're stuck here. And no matter how much we meditate or how you know quickly we can get on our spaceship to colonize Mars, we're, it's just not going to happen. Like, we're, we're just like
0: – We're still lower life we're forms. We're still
2: lower life forms. And so what <sighs> Satan is here to remind us of is, no, no, you can do all those things but you still have to like puke and spit and we didn't see shitting in this movie, but maybe in the remake there will be some sort of
1: We're doing it bodily fluids. Two girls, one cup.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe that's where they were going with this. I don't know. Like there's some sort of deeper meaning here and what we actually really need to do. Like why are we so repulsed by I mean it's it's we don't need to spit on other people. But like why are we so repulsed by our own bodily fluids? As maybe that's the message. Maybe that's the message. We should embrace our nature. So what you're saying is that the the exchange
0: of bodily fluids is a holy act. Yes. And whether you choose to use it for good or evil is entirely dependent on whether or not you are... Pulled up in a church surrounded by homeless people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going with Got that. It. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. definitely. I'm
0: totally picking up what you're laying But down. really, you.
2: you have to make sure and see if the homeless people are made out of bugs or not because that oh, can definitely right, right, play right, right, a, right, a role. Right, right. Yeah.
0: And if you have um, shears that are capable of trimming hedges, then definitely put those on a high shelf
2: yeah i mean i have lots of shears
0: what well, don't deadly, put them on a high but... shelf you
2: just take them well, and go
0: running around with them dude <laughs> and will
1: we establish this that's what you do with shears
0: don't run with scissors run with shears <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's what i'm gonna do tomorrow man i'm just gonna be like oh
1: biden's president give me the shears <laughs> oh my goodness uh <laughs> I I do want to bring up we we haven't talked about it uh well, I maybe mentioned it here or there but I, I do like that the the fact that like Satan is actually kind of the Antichrist in this movie Satan's actually like the little bitch and there's like a bigger
0: bigger darker God anti God on the other side of the portal I that's that's cool. no Satan Satan is on the other side of the portal. And the son of Satan, who is the Antichrist, is the one who is stuck in, in in the the blender. No, the, so Satan. Satan's in the blender. No, the son of Satan is in the blender, and Satan himself is on is on the other side because it's the son of Satan. It is the Antichrist that will release Satan into the world.
1: No, man. That's what they. That's that's what the the script thing is like. They're like that. That is actually Satan. Like what what we have been calling Satan throughout the like the whole catholic church there's like this big uh i don't know that's like midway through the movie where they they start talking about like oh yeah your religion is like somewhat right but he's like what if there's like uh, another like equal force of god like the ultimate evil
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. something that, that was a create. really interesting scene that i wish had actually come to more fruition as well
2: wait is it so i'm sorry i'm a little confused so are we saying it's like satan and the son of satan just like we have like god and jesus and like they're two different people but also the same person is that what's happening with satan well no I, 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 I no. Well, or was it like a kidnapping <laughs> it was
1: well, definitely not okay. like a kidnapping
0: <laughs> at, at, at least according to the westernized christian religion um the son of satan is the antichrist which is what was supposed to be to my understanding the way i under- i heard and understood the dialogue was what was in the 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 fluid in the thing, <laughs> and that was what was going to be released, and that that is what was in, encapsulating the chick who became the freaking pockmarked. Yeah, yeah. So she she was the antichrist, no, she or w- the incarnation. She was safe. Of oh, man, I totally didn't <laughs> like. I'm am I'm completely flipped on this with you because I I remembered it being. Satan was in the other world, and he was, he was the ultimate evil that was trying to be released, and it was the son of Satan. It was the prince of darkness, the Antichrist, was what was being manifested through this, this thing that's 7 million years old or whatever you're correct about all that I, but it, it's just
1: the they explained it did like I just,
0: did i completely flip it around yeah I mean, that's it's, it's how,
1: entirely possible well it's because they because uh, they, they're using the science and they're they're trying to do like the uh matter and dark matter thing right right so you have like you have your one particle that's going one way and then you have your other particle that's reacting to something um and they bring up the uh the alice in wonderland cat what the fuck is that the cat called They bring up that there we go. They bring up that uh, in in the dialogue, you know, just really flippantly, like uh, explaining that concept. Um, And so, like if if just because like the bad thing's happening, you can't see it. That's because it's it's not in our world. Like so, God can create Uh, matter and stuff. So this other dark being, like because Satan can't create matter, right? Uh, Like in Christian religion, like uh, Satan's a fallen angel, right? That's cast out of heaven. So this is a being that. Is the equivalent of God in the dark form, whereas Satan was never the equivalent of
0: God. In uh, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, that makes more sense than what I apparently understood. It's, <laughs> it well, it's just one line of dialogue yeah. in that yeah. one
1: scene with him. Like, like uh, I don't know, and it's, it, there's even like a really weird moment where they take their symbolism and like, maybe take it too far with the whole mirror and it's like, what if what if the anti god was like in a mirror universe?
0: And then they Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then they're like, Oh look, now there's an entire mirror and we've just introduced this whole concept that will be the end of the movie just because we needed it to be something slightly different that we could break.
1: Yeah, but I I don't know. I at the same time, like the concept is, you know, for eighty seven it's a little out there, so you know
0: Right, which is to me again to reiterate what I started with was the intriguing part of this film is that they had some interesting concepts that were somewhat based in a level of pseudo science that made it quasi believable enough to be like yeah I can kind of get behind that as an idea and and it was a really interesting idea that was expressed with people super soaking in their mouths that's what you got to do man <laughs>
1: That's how you express yourself. You spit in somebody's mouth.
2: That's how I do it. Good for you. Thank you.
0: Remind me to keep my mask on.
2: No one's ever complained before.
1: <laughs> Chin diapers. Well, <laughs> freaking played. And I, I do really like the end of the movie. I, I, like every time the movie is, uh, is over, I always like, I'm always like, oh, is is, is he is he going to be the one that like brings this chick back and. Is she gonna be? I don't know. Is she gonna be taken over? And now she's gonna be like, whatever this evil god creature is, and use her flesh, or I don't know. Is she
0: accepting it because Donald Pleasance was a dick and threw the axe in there and trapped her in there? <laughs> yeah, I, I I do have to say the the way that it ended was was kind of was kind of perfect in a lot of ways like they've been building it up it was so obviously like all right we're just playing the same clip over and over and over and then we're gonna finally see who it is and the fact that it was her walking out of the building but is has she been released is she now the manifestation of the evil like uh oh, just all the the ways that you could just let your mind go with it fucking love it
1: i love that fucking shot of that fucking front of that church to the dream sequence From the
0: year 1999. Wait, you guys in the future don't say 1999? (laughs) What? No, man, 10 years later, like, we. Nobody got time for that. We gotta say all the numbers individually. You don't know what's going on. Y2K is about to happen, okay?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a callback right there. And all the youngers are like, what?
0: What is that? At the year two thousand.
1: It's when everyone thought the world was gonna end. And it didn't. Just kept right on going.
0: We at ratings here, guys. I think we're at the year two thousand ratings. Tachyon particles drifted <laughs> faster than the speed of light. <laughs> they they did find a way to put tachyon particles <laughs> into this, <list>, didn't they? <laughs> it's not a real sci-fi movie until you hear the word tachyon particles. <laughs> Alright, let's break this thing. Who's going first? I'll go first. Um, this gets a seven from me. I feel like there's uh, a lot to love. There's a lot of intriguing things. Um, it is creepy as fuck in the first third. Uh, and and it's not an original concept to me. I feel like I agree with um, Mr. Ebert. It goes off the rails in the last third. In the final act, it, it's just like oh, uh, we... Uh, we have no way to, to actually do all of these things on screen that we've been promising. So we're just going to make all the people go crazy and become zombies to kill each other. That being said, um, I'm really, really impressed with, with what they were able to pull off with three fucking million dollars. Um, I would personally love to be able to make a movie that is this good with that amount of money. Uh, if you can make a movie with your friends and have it be this cool and this fun and this interesting and this creepy then you should absolutely try and make that movie. Uh, As a person who is not used to horror movies, this creeped me the fuck out, which I suppose it, you know, is supposed to do. And so it did a really good job of that. Um, It is still relatively low budget, so it looks like it's relatively low budget, but they put all their budget on screen and I'm really impressed with that. Um, Solidly worth watching. Seven. Kristen, you going next?
2: Sure. I think I will give this a six point five. I think that there are so many really great things about this. I love the makeup, the special effects, um, the cinematography, the production design. Uh, the score is also outstanding, which I don't think we touched on that. Um, which, Brian, you can you can touch more on it. <laughs>
0: I didn't want to. I didn't want to lean more into the how much I hate John Carpenter's score. Oh my
2: gosh! All right, hold on, on. Excuse me. I'm. It. I'm. T- I have the floor. So you are, yes, I like the music. And <laughs> um, Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but the, I feel like this. The story was really where it was lacking. I really didn't care about the characters. There really wasn't much development except to see these people slowly kill themselves and each other, and not really into that unless you give me a reason to hate them first so uh, I couldn't really get behind it so yeah 6.5 yeah it was it was so many great great things about it
1: Six 6.5 uh, uh, I, I guess I'm gonna come in at a 9 I know that's a little high I know this is a little goofy alright okay go go fuck everybody's self okay I don't care <laughs> what anybody thinks okay <laughs> So something about this works, I, you know. It's it's that '80s uh, thing. It's got a little charm to it. It it's spooky and somewhat kind of silly at the same time, and it just works. I don't I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a Gremlins. Like why does that work? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I like this movie a lot. It, it's got a lot of crazy things. The ideas are not always connected the best I'll give you that and yeah there isn't like absolutely no character development at all whatsoever I'm not <laughs> gonna even try to argue that I totally get it but I mean just with the concepts in this movie and the mood and the atmosphere it's trying to create it just it just feels more like a good mood piece than a than a character study and that's okay you know like maybe you know that can work in, in its own way and, and be fun and, and entertaining and I, yeah, I just I really like a lot of the uh, the actors in this movie as well, too. And, you know, having Victor Wong and um oh, what's his name? Uh, the the other Asian guy, something done. Uh, I think it's Daniel Dunn. Dennis Dunn. There we go. The other guy from Big Trouble in Little China. That's the uh, the sidekick for Kurt Russell. um He's the little guy that's always making the Chinese jokes or, hey, you don't look Asian. um <laughs> You could pass for
0: Asian. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs>
2: Such I like them. Oh, he Uh, was the only one who had any, like, personality.
0: (laughs) He was a delightful dick. Like, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. Cool, got it. Now I remember. I love it when he's freaking out in that room, too. And he's like, oh, my God, they're going to kill me.
1: I'm
0: losing it. You've been in there for an entire day, but now they're moving forward. Now you should freak out. Cool, got it. You know, a delayed reaction.
1: Um... But yeah, I don't, I, don't yeah, I, like, I like all the performers. Donald Pleasant's going around just talking about how evil things are. I mean, I could watch that shit all day. You know, that's pretty much what he does in you know Halloween. Michael Myers is evil, evil. The Prince of Darkness is evil. I, I'm I'm good with it. Let's <laughs> let's keep piling it on. It, it works for me. You know what? Fuck it. Nine five. I'm gonna give it a nine five.
0: It, it's yeah. Oh damn. Him. Oh, him. We have landed on the nine five. Got it. <laughs> Anybody got anything else? I don't think we need to talk about the score because you've been playing the score the entire time. Boom, boom. We on the podcast have not heard it. You listening to the podcast have the delightful uh, experience of listening to it the entire time. So if you have not, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast and you've not made your own determination of whether or not you like the score, then I don't know what the fuck you're even doing listening to the podcast, so... I don't need to say more about it. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I said said my piece last week. If you want to hear how I feel about it, then fuck you. (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh! All this John Carpenter score hate. I can't handle it. Ugh.
0: (laughs) Because I can't handle his score. (sighs) I can't. I can't
2: do it. it. But this—I don't wait. I don't understand. The score is so perfect for these movies. Like I don't understand.
0: Uh, Like what do you want to hear instead? I, okay, all right. I'll give it to you. This the score on this one was significantly better than Starman.
2: Well, yeah. Like
0: by leaps and bounds.
2: But, yeah.
0: John Carpenter also wrote this one, so I have to give it to him for actually making work for this. the uh, the, the first like ten fifteen minutes of the score, I was like, ugh, 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 and then the rest of it, I was like, okay, I'm I'm into it, and the score was totally working for it, so. I don't, I, don't, I don't have an articulation for how I feel about it. <laughs> when I noticed it, I didn't like it. When I was <laughs> bought into all the things that were freaking me the fuck out, it was probably working so well that the score was just perfect. And so for, from that same point, I have to give it to him.
2: I mean, do you think... I mean, this is what I was saying about... I don't really think that... I felt this way more about Starman than this movie. But like, I feel like the score contributes to the uneasiness and especially in this movie where you're supposed to feel uneasy like the score is perfect for that you're not supposed to enjoy yes. it like it's not something that you relax to i hope no, no judgment like <laughs> do what you want but i mean if
0: that works for you yeah <laughs> it's definitely relax to this score no uh, that's what uh, i've no, been listening you're to right. all this week you're right and th- and that's kind of, i guess maybe that's 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 what i'm what i'm Trying to understand about how I'm feeling about it is yes, later in the movie, when it is more appropriately making you entirely uneasy, it works really, really well. And I just think maybe it was just in the early part of the movie, I was like, oh, here's the score because there's no dialogue to listen to or to focus on. And I was just paying attention to the score and how I'm reacting to the score emotionally versus what's visually on screen. When there's a third thing happening of dialogue or action or whatever. Then it became enough of a background thing that it it worked better as a cohesive whole. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just weird and I just don't like the eighty synth and that's my problem. I, I, don't, I don't Man, tough critic here. Yeah, I I, I am entirely willing to um, concede the fact that I it's just, it's just the eighty synth that doesn't work for me. It's not your bag, it's, baby. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It, and it's, it's it's fair. It's fair.
2: We support you anyway.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Harvey. All right,
1: let's mute his microphone, Kristen, so he can no longer talk. All right, now that that's done, you guys have been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew, crew spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E -E at the end of the word crew, at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at moviecrewpod.
0: Mike, where can they find you? (laughs) And then you can get me, uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He didn't actually meet me. (laughs) I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Grigzy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media.
1: And Kristen, where can they find you?
2: I'm on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I.
1: And you guys can find me on Twitter at elkins edits. And we're going to close out the show with the the opening credits theme. Uh, We're not going to play the full version because that's nine minutes and 15 seconds.
0: Nine minutes of my life that I will never get back. And
1: that's how long the opening credits were to the movie.
0: Holy fuck. That is a really ah. long time.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't uh, realize that. Uh, well, yeah. I actually wrote down like John Carpenter's name came up at like, it was like 1024 is what I wrote down. Credit stop at 10 <laughs> minutes and 24 seconds yep. Yep. out of a, what was what the runtime of this thing? Uh, one hour and 42 minute movie. So there you go. Uh, a tenth of it is credits. Um, so we're gonna play the uh, the shorter opening credits. We're gonna play track number six off the second disc from the Prince of Darkness soundtrack from composer John Carpenter and Alan Horth Enjoy. What did I do with my notes,
0: man? Oh, hold on a second, guys. I left my notes. Somewhere. Apparently he writes his notes down and then prints them out. Is that so? I don't know, but Where are my notes? <laughs> <laughs> I put my notes in the handy dandy notes app on an oh. iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back with an actual printout. There is white paper in Brian's hand. Yes, (laughs) so (laughs) the retrieval of his notes.
1: Here we are. (laughs) (sighs) Man, (sighs) all right. Let me catch my breath here.